Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello everybody and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me today... Via Zoom, we have Mr. Jonathan of Two Guys Smoke Shop and the Cigar Authority. How you doing? Hey, what's going on? Nothing much. Just kind of living the dream. We've we've gotten out of the sub-Arctic temperatures, and it got to like 45 degrees today, and it felt like a heat wave. It was amazing. Yeah, we were hovering around the same here. Do we have similar weather, or do, is it typically colder where you are? It gets really cold here in the wintertime. Like, surprisingly, people think that the Midwest is, you know, maybe warmer than... I, I think you maybe get it for a little longer than we do, but we get pretty damn cold. I feel like every time I see the weather graph, there's always a dip in the Midwest where it's like, Canada sucks, and then it dips down and it's like, welcome to Canada. Yeah. And that's right where you are. It's like the, the testicle of the weather. Yeah, we're the ball sack it's of the right weather. right where you are. Yeah, yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not fun a lot of times. And uh, I don't know. You know, I'm not going to get into the whole uh, global warming, true or false kind of deal. But I will say, I, I saw somebody post the other day that if the ice cap wasn't melting, then it would contain a lot of the wind patterns and we wouldn't be getting what we're getting. I don't know. That sounds like too much science for me, so I'm not going to get into that. But, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, I know way too much about this. The only problem is that I really, I get the two agencies confused. There's the agency that's funded by WHO, and they are almost 100% and almost always led by economists. And then there's the... Uh, global warming denier group that is self-funded and is all people with PhDs in the science around weather. Those guys, the scientists, say global warming is not a thing. Okay. It's. It, I'm sorry. Climate change is a thing and it is happening without the interference of man. Okay. This would be happening whether we were here or not. Gotcha. And the WHO group says... Uh, global warming is a thing, and their job as economists is to find out how much they can tax governments <laughs> without interfering with the status of the people. You know, you can't put people in the poorhouse or they'll revolt. So how far can we push the envelope and capture this money for the WHO? And I see. It's, not a, it's not a fucking thing. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, moving if it, on. If it was, we could just spray hydrochlorofluorocarbons into the air and well, isn't that just what be warmer. Chemtrails are supposed to be, or no, that's aluminum something or other. Or con, are you not, talk- not, not contrails, chemtrails. Are you talking about cloud seeding? Uh, is that where the plane flies and it creates what looks like a contrail, but the contrail never goes away and it just kind of eventually dissipates? Oh, no, I'm talking about sometimes you look up into a blue sky and you see trails. Like the grid pattern. And Yeah, and then three days later it starts to rain. Oh, yeah, no, no, Because they no, cloud no. seeded. Yeah. 
We're talking something else. This is when you look yeah. up and you see the plane and it's flying in a grid pattern. And they're pl uh, spraying uh, aluminum particles into the atmosphere as a way to make the sunlight bounce back into space as a way to prevent, like, global warming or something. Oh, my God. I've never even heard of that. And I, that makes me feel like a loser that you just out-losered me. Chemtrails. Look it up. I'm it, going it, to have it, to. It, it, they, you, you started seeing significantly less of it. Uh, you tend... I'll just... Not to get political, but I'll get political for a moment. You see a lot more of it under Democrat presidents than you do under Republican presidents. So it's so a lot of it under Obama. And then it Fair came enough. back under Biden. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Today, we're going to smoke something fun because I have not tried this yet. This is my first time smoking one of these. I have a Perdomo 30th anniversary. I have the sun grown. And I'm going to admit right now. That I told you that I had the Churchill, but I have the Epicure. So, but if I hold it like this, it, you can't tell the difference. Yeah, you know. but because I want to break your balls, yes, I do have the Churchill. I mean, all seven inches. In all fairness, you do work in a cigar shop that sells these. Yes, I do. But I think I may have let you know a little late that it was. Yeah, I already had it. Okay, I already had it in my bag. Okay, well, that's okay. You just get a little more extra time with it than I do. I'm okay. I actually have another podcast I have to do tonight. I'm going to be on the Barbecue Central podcast, which actually goes out live when we're recording. Oh, shit. That's Tuesday. And yours, this podcast will go out Friday, I'm sure, right? Yes, this will be Friday. So, so. Uh, yeah, it's nice to follow Ed Sullivan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I, in all fairness, you've been on a lot more than Ed Sullivan. That was only my first time with him. That's true. And yeah. you were kind. I was. I like The two it. of you... The two of you were not all that kind to me, but that's oh. maybe a topics <laughs> for another show. I mean, what did you expect? No, I I thoroughly I thoroughly expect it, and I thoroughly enjoy it. Okay, all right. Well, it's time to cut the cigar, and the official cutting is brought to you by Dan the Man Ponder over there at Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And guys, Dan the Man Ponder, he's got a bunch of Perdomo cigars. He does not carry the thirtieth. Uh, that's a very yet yet yet. I mean, it's a limited thing. It's it's in select shops right now. But uh, but he's got all kinds of other great cigars from Perdomo, including the uh, 10th Anniversary Maduro, which was your cigar of the year, what, two or three years ago? Two years ago. Three yep. years ago? Two, I think two. Two years ago. Well, uh, so this year was the McAuliffe Black. Last year was the Montosa. Was it the year before the Montosa? I believe it was the year before that. There yeah. we go. Okay. So, great cigars. Uh, he has a lot of other really great cigars over there as well. And more importantly, even though it's a little, you know, warmer today, it's still not sit outside and have a cigar, you know, on your patio weather. Um, unless, I guess, you bundle up. But that's okay. But, you know, you can chill out in the lounge and have a nice cigar and hang out with the guys and watch the games and, and have a good time. So, uh, Or if, if you're a man like I am, uh, you just smoke in your living room. This is true, although you're also a divorced man, and so, you know, that might that, yep. that might result in some other guys becoming divorced men if they start lighting up in their houses. I recommend getting divorced first, then buying your own house for the first time, and then smoking in it. There you go. See, I, I, I got divorced, but I, I rented, so I, I'm one step from that. Yeah. So If you're renting... 
don't don't try smoking indoors. No. Your landlord's not going to be happy. Not going to be happy. But uh, but you'll be happy if you swing by Riverman and check out the selection. And if you're not in the St. Louis area, he does mail order. So you can give him a call and get a shipment of cigars sent to you right away. It's Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And with that, it's time to finally cut the cigar. All right. So, again, I'm looking forward to this. I haven't had one of these. I, really... I don't want to get mine confused with yours, so I'm going to V-cut mine so <laughs> okay. I don't accidentally grab yours. Okay. I don't know how that would work, but okay. You know, we can we can go with that. Um, I uh, I like, I love the 20th. Uh, I smoke the hell out of, uh, uh, I like the 10th a lot. I smoke the hell out of the uh, uh, Habano uh, uh, Sun Grown. So, yeah, it's great. you know, going with the 30th sun grown here, I was happy when you threw out the sun grown, um, when I suggested the 30th, cause I, I bought we're one gonna, of each. We're going to light our cigar today with the cyclone by vertigo. The cyclone by vertigo features a flip top three jets fueled by the patented vertigo big ass tank on the bottom. You've got easy adjustment all for the low price of 1299 or two for 20 at your local cigar shop. I think you guys are the only ones that I know of that do the two for 20. It's possible, but I wasn't looking to step on Riverman. It's all right. Dan, Dan, the man is the man. He is the man. Nice smooth draw on the beginning there. Um, if we peeled the tobacco off, yeah, at the top, which I don't recommend doing while you're smoking, but at the end, if you have a Perdomo and you're you're down beyond the band and you've let it go out, you peel that tobacco off. Yeah, there's a little grease pencil mark right up near the head. That's about a quarter of an inch long, and that lets the person passing wrapper know that that cigar has not only been draw tested, but it is past the draw testing. Hmm. Good to know. I know that they uh, draw test all their cigars, so I guess that's how they uh, have to mark it. Now, since this is Friday, and I, I'm not dealing with Dave, I'm dealing with a professional here, so we it's don't true. have to worry about... The time warp. Yes, I understand. Like if you if you're on MeWe and you watch the show, uh, and you watch the after show, you'll sometimes see little Easter eggs like the cigar that we supposedly smoked during the show is completely whole and in the ashtray, <laughs> or the liquor bottle that we drank through the entire show and ended the show at half off halfway done it is totally is full. still capped and has the plastic on it. So. Those are little Easter eggs to let you know that sometimes we record the show, the after show, before the show, because one of us has to take off or uh, it's a busy sale day or whatever's going on. Yeah. Sometimes it's the pre-show. It's the pre-show. Yeah. I get it. So we just, Dave gets lost in the time warp, forgetting what he talked about and what he should have talked about <laughs> because we just talked about it and now it's, we're going to talk about it, but we already talked about it. So... It's a struggle with him sometimes. I get it. I mean, I, I again, I, I pre-record, you know, just for convenience for myself, uh, for convenience for guests. And uh, like in this case, uh, I'm getting ready to head out to Vegas for TPE. And so um, I want to make sure I have some in the can and ready for that because I don't want to have to worry about scrambling to put something together, you know, on the show floor and have to go back to the room and edit and upload and use hotel Wi-Fi to do that. It's just, it's obnoxious. So um, are you going to grab some interviews while you're out on the floor? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I in fact bought myself a, a, um, a, a little, uh, little, little new gadget. Uh, it should be arriving tomorrow. I got some, uh, 
wireless uh, lapel mics, uh, Rode little wireless repel, uh, lapel mics. I'm looking forward to seeing how those work. I'm bringing the other nice. ones that I have have used in the past um, as a backup, but uh, you know, I don't want the wires everywhere. It's it's not especially when uh, you know you you've got those aisles and people are walking by and you don't want the cords you know in the middle. It's it's I try right. to be very unobnoxious when I'm there. Do you have a tripod and a video camera that those? will connect up to you're going to use your phone it goes into my phone uh so i'll just do the video through the phone and uh then there's a receiver that uh, will store the audio but then also it'll put the audio to the video as well so that'll be nice too because uh in years past i just uh used microphones to plug directly into the phone so then i'd have to take the video files throw them through um a uh, converter to convert them from a video file to an mp3 and then i'd have to it's it's obnoxious so there's a phonic that it, the annual fee one on their website will do the upgrading the audio in the video and keep it synced mm. and then also separate out and create an mp3 for the podcast oh that's kind of nice i didn't realize that i have a phonic um, I've been paying by the month. You, they changed it. Uh, you guys got in on it at a good time. And, um, there was one, there was a version where you just paid like 90 bucks flat and it was a downloadable program to the computer. And then you just had it, you know, you didn't have to worry about credits and everything. Well, of course, as in all things software now, they got rid of that. And now you only have either the monthly or annual fee versions available so you know but they made it way fucking cooler so well that's good i say go with it i just i i spend a lot of money on the adobe suite every year so i i would prefer to have just purchased that rather than spend that 50 bucks a month every month but such is life it's it's a business expense i guess anyway um right off the bat there's definitely some of that nicaraguan spice in the uh, retro hail off this guy. Yeah, I'm not retro hailing, but the <laughs> uh, there's a, a very roasted, salt-free, peanut buttery essence to the sun-grown, and you notice I'm drinking. I have a, a little Malbec here in my goblet yeah and the combination of the two if i do the cigar first and then take a sip of wine it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on wheat bread oh nice with the crust removed okay all right i do like a nice pbj so that's good i'll have to keep that in mind i only have a nice tea sitting next to me so that's it's good to note so anyway so what's been going on with you guys you guys uh you know I don't know. I was going to say, I don't know if it's slow season with the winter time and everything like that, but it seems oh, like it's slowed down, man. Yeah. Uh, but it, it slows down like this every year. It's yeah. not, uh, it, it's not out of the ordinary, uh, with customer counts, not way off or anything. So it really is just a matter of one thing that you guys did this year is we bought into, um, you know who Andy Elliott is? Mm-mm. He's a 
a very high level sales coach and his whole thing, first of all, he doesn't charge for his content on YouTube, which I love. Uh, but his whole approach to sales is that you got to stop thinking about yourself as a salesman and start thinking about yourself as a mentor. Your job is to mentor and coach your customer so that they can begin to understand the product on another level. So we always thought in terms of bringing some education to the sales floor and educating the staff, but it was the old school six steps of the sale and, you know, get them up to the register and ring them out and, you know, make sure that they were happy. But when you shift your mindset to mentoring, it's a whole different ball game and the conversations become so much more intense, so much more deep. You get a little bit more time with the customer, which you don't get when you're just going, hi, how are you? Uh, oh, I like those shoes and, yeah. you know, develop a rapport quickly and just kind of rinse and repeat, which is fine. And you know what? That's better than 99% of everybody else. But to Dave's point, when the meeting started is we're already better than 99% of everybody else, but we need to look to make ourselves even better. And so this concept of mentoring our customers, and I'm actually grateful that it's, that it came to us in the slow season. So I can get my guys on board with the, the do's and the don'ts and they're, they're all great guys and they are passionate about cigars. They love everything about it. They want to watch every video. They listen to every podcast. So their their mind and their heart's in the right place. And this has been quite the adventure coming into 2024 of shifting our mindset to, you know, almost like putting your arm around the guy and saying, hey, you know, let's let's go over here. Let's take a look at this. Yeah. So are you saying introducing more education to the consumer or like – I, I'm trying uh, to understand yes, the difference it, between it is. So just I'll a, use an example norm. of a, a wedding couple that walks in. Okay. So a wedding couple walks in and they say, I want three boxes of Romeo and Julieta, uh, reserve real Churchill. Okay. Um, let's back up for a second and say, all right, how many people are going to the wedding? Cause I want to make sure that you get, you're getting the right number of cigars for your wedding. Oh, for sure. So three boxes of Romeo and Julieta is 75 cigars. So how many people are coming to your wedding? Well, there's 200 just to use round numbers. All right. So we can eliminate half of that 200 because they're women and they're not smoking a cigar, not in their nice dress, not with their makeup all Probably done up. They're not, they're just not, not doing it. I mean, right. you might have a few, you might outliers. have one or two. Yeah. So then of the hundred people that are left, 40% of them absolutely will not smoke a cigar, even if it's free. They just won't. I've done this. I've done weddings for 25 years. I, I know this inside and out. So now that leaves you with 60 cigars. If you get the three boxes of Romeo and Julieta Churchill, you'll have 15 more cigars than what you need. But if you want that, I'll get it for you. But now let's talk about the time it's going to take to smoke a Churchill. It's an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes. Much longer Do you smoke. want the guys to be gone for an hour and a half to 45 minutes or would you like them to return to the party in a reasonable amount of time? Oh, no, it needs to be a reasonable amount of time. Okay, so 
really what we're talking about is a robusto sized cigar that is mild and smooth, but has enough flavor to be able to satisfy the regular cigar smokers. And by the way, when I go to a wedding, I bring my own because I want I want to smoke what I want to smoke. Yeah. And I bring my own Robusto, so I'm only gone for 45 minutes, and then I can rejoin the party. So what you need is three boxes of a cigar like this, and I'll show them Romeo, um, La Giana, for example, that because it's a 20-count box, and the tray of the box slides out and the lid slides in, so it presents way better than a Reserve Real box, which is a paper-wrapped cardboard box. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, look at how well this presents. Look at the nice gold foil on the band. It looks very high-end, and I'm saving you about $200. All right, so uh, I, I missed a step where you find out what their budget is. So in this example, and, and this is the typical budget for cigars, is between five and 600 okay. So their $720 purchase of three boxes of Romeo, they're, they're going to overspend and they're going to end up not realizing they're not happy with that purchase until they get to the wedding. So my job as a mentor is to coach them through this so that they leave with what they need, not what they thought they wanted. Okay. Because I'm, a, I'm, I'm approaching the sale as a coach. I'm not looking, I'll take, I could take the $720 and move on. Yeah. Wait on the next customer, but it's not the right purchase. So, trying to stay within their budget the three boxes of Lagiana is going to get them into the 400 something dollar range now we need to talk about lighters and cutters you want something that's disposable so that you don't have to worry about it and that is reliable so that um the folks at vertigo make this uh they call it a cyclone three it's a four jet version of the cyclone that i did my commercial on earlier yeah and a really good but plastic cutter okay they're $17. So how many of these would you like so that there's no line at the cigar box? Because obviously one set is not going to be enough. All right, we'll take three. And this happens all the time. All right, so if the lighters run out of gas, you're going to need some backup butane. There's a couple bucks there. And uh, what about ashtrays? Because you're, you're at a wedding facility. You need something you can't be so that they can dispose everywhere. of. Exactly. And Lotus makes this unbelievable silicone ashtray. Yes, Dan has that over at Riverman. Yay. And the pitch on it isn't, I say, I got this unbreakable ashtray. And it's always the groom that says, how do you know it's unbreakable? And as he's saying unbreakable, <laughs> I frisbee the thing across the shop. Nice. And it bounces. All right, we'll take two of those. So at the end of the whole transaction, we end up with a perfect sale, meaning the customer gets every single thing that they need. And they come in under budget, or certainly under what they came in asking for. Maybe a, uh, in this example, it's like six fifty-four. So they spent fifty-four dollars more than what the max budget was, but only because they said, "Okay, we'll take two or we'll take three. But at the end of it, they really feel like they got everything they needed and the experience that they wanted. And it takes twenty minutes. Yeah, it's it's not a long drawn out process we're not buying a car we're not buying a diamond you, you don't need to know about the tobacco that's in the cigar i can tell you about it but you need to know about the stuff that matters for a wedding proper cutting proper lighting proper smoke time proper disposal and making sure you have backup fuel that's all you need no oh, that's that's fair now i okay i'm going to ask a question and and i don't want to throw anyone under the bus but like um 
what about that method is different than what you guys, the two guys, were already doing? What we were doing before was just doing the cookie cutter steps of a sale, greeting the customer, uh, question and listening, you know, get, getting it a feel for what they were looking for and certainly guiding them to a good purchase. But the mindset wasn't of being a good coach and it didn't have the polish. Okay. Cause I've heard, so, I've heard Dave talk about, you know, that when somebody comes in, like in your example for a wedding that, you know, not only do you sell them the cigars, but also, you know, you bring up, Hey, do you have lighters? Do you have cutters? Do you have butane to fill those lighters? You know? So like the add-ons, I think you guys were already doing a lot of that. You know, you were, it's not like people were walking out without the supplies they needed. Um, correct. I, that, that's where I was kind of coming at it. It was like, what it's, is it? It's another 15% deeper into the. Mm. Bless me. you. I'm, there may be another one. I'm there's, often a two there's sneezer. Always another one with me. I'm like an eight sneezer. So, yeah. Bless you. Joinks. Thank you. Uh, it's another 15% of polish because. And I, if I'm waiting on a customer, it the, the interaction is maybe. 5% different. But if my rookiest of rookies is waiting on a customer, yeah. Now they're 25% better. I see. Because their mindset is on coaching because if you think about selling, you're just trying to get to the register. Yeah. If you're thinking about coaching, you're looking to solve the problems before the problems happen. So I, I yeah. A rookie might just say, you know what, this is seven hundred and fifty dollars in the register and ring it out and pat themselves on the back that they asked, Do you want lighters and cutters? And the, the people are like, It's seven hundred and twenty dollars. I think we're good. Yeah. One hundred and twenty over budget, but this is what my dad smokes, and they're not gonna know until they get there that it was the wrong purchase. And they, I don't think at that point they're even blaming the cigar store. Yeah. They're just Oh, these guys are gone for an hour and a half. Well, you gave them an hour and a half cigar and said, here, have these for free. Go smoke them. Yeah. So let's still give them that experience, but let's coach the customer through what their problems are going to be before they have the problems. No, that's fair. Okay. So it's it. I All right. So what I'm hearing is and and not to like this is a this is like someone who's been through marriage counseling. I can tell. <laughs> what I'm hearing is uh, that it, it's it's not necessarily I mean, I guess it's a mindset shift for everybody, but it's definitely more of a mindset shift and um, teaching tool for maybe some of your more uh, inexperienced or newer salespeople to get them correct the proper. OK. All right. Yeah. That... I've got to train somebody that's coming in new tomorrow. I got her for Thursday uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. So I have to get her prepared in three days with product knowledge and mindset. And the thing I always struggled with was, uh, yeah, of course we're a business. So you want your add-ons at the register. Someone doesn't have a lighter and a cutter and you don't ask them, you don't get the sale. So 
that that part obviously needs to happen. But if I could get that person to understand that they're a coach and they need to ask these questions or they're doing a disservice to their customer, that's it. That's the difference in the mindset is we're mentoring these people and saying, I don't want you to get to the place that you're going with your four torpedoes at the golf course and try to use your teeth or a pocket knife uh-huh. to cut the torpedo because that's going to ruin your day. You you don't have to spend a lot on a cutter, but you no. need a cutter. And everybody's going to be huddled around the book of matches trying to light it. No, yeah. you need a jet lighter based on the circumstances. If you said, I'm going to my buddy's house and I'm smoking in the garage, you can have matches. It's fine. You need a cutter, but matches would be would be perfectly appropriate in a windless environment. But you're out on a golf course, you need a cutter and you need a lighter, and we happen to have the cheapest version of that for $17. And you know what? It's a decent cutter. This is It's rem- a decent cutter and it's a, a lighter with an extra jet over the one that I use every day. This is reminding me a lot of uh uh back when uh when Pinky first reached out to me and said that she wanted to uh to to smoke a cigar. This is during COVID. And it was surprising she had got what well, she didn't she didn't tell me a lot of details and uh in hindsight, you know, I, I probably should have asked, but I, I got on Zoom with her and she's got this cigar and I'm like, where did you get this cigar? Oh, I was at this police uh, uh, golf tournament and uh, they handed them out. And I'm like, when was this golf tournament? Because mind you, this is March. Yeah, the golf tournament was the prior September and she had thrown it in the kitchen drawer. So it's not like it, it was... Not humidified in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it was crunchy. And I'm thinking, oh, this isn't going to go well, but whatever. We'll see how this goes. And I'm like, well, how are you going to cut this? She goes, oh, hang on. Kitchen scissors. And then a Bic lighter. And I'm like, oh, this isn't going to go well at all. And it didn't. It immediately shattered. So the next day, uh, the cigar fairy dropped off everything she needed on her front porch and uh, I don't listen. I, I only listen to your show on podcast because I, I put it on in the background when I'm yeah. doing projects and stuff. Uh, is she hot? I mean, she's married, so I'm not going to answer that question in case she's listening. But that's a yes. Um, but anyway, I'm going to have um, to watch an episode where she's on, well, is she's she never, on camera. No, when she's on? she doesn't want to be on camera. She so her dad is a doctor in the area and a fairly prominent doctor in the area. And she's afraid her family, her, her parents don't know that she likes cigars because of the whole, you know, medical thing. All right. Yeah. Nick, I need you to just, I need you to pause this for everybody. I'm going to send a message to Pinky. Pinky, send me a friend request on Facebook so I can see what you look like. <laughs> it's Jonathan, Mr. J, Barbo, B-A-R-B-E-A-U. Send me a friend request. I want to see what you look like. <laughs> I'll give you an honest rating. Okay. One to ten. I won't even put cigar math on it. I'll give you an honest <laughs> C- rating. Cigar math. Well, if you use cigar, well, you know, you know, girls get a two-point bump just for being in the store. Oh and well, yeah. Three points if they smoke. I mean, I've. So I've... you could you could have a three that's totally effable if she smokes. <laughs> well, I I have been around her. I have had cigars with her, so I know she smokes. In fact, she has her own ice tent. 
that's the other thing. She she ended up getting a, a larger one than I've got. She got the three person ice tent uh, out in her backyard. So how big how big's her husband? I don't want to be causing problems or having someone fly their Delta miles over to kick my ass. Um, I, I you know it's uh I wouldn't want to mess with him, but he's also a psychologist, so he might you know get all up in your mind in the process. So. I don't know. I welcome that. Yeah, well, I'm I welcome sure. that. You know, that's a show you guys I will need undo to do. his degree. You guys need to get <laughs> a, a trained like medical psychologist up there on the on the dais with you guys so that he can just dive into you and Dave. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, which which version of me and which version of Dave? <laughs> that's the question. You could introduce Maduro Dave to the guy and everything. Oh, Maduro Dave is so tough. Maduro Dave was on full display on Saturday's show. Last Saturday. Well, show. he was. He, well, he uh, obviously was I, sick. Yeah, he wasn't sick. He was oh. uh, suffering the side effects of a uh, a shot that he took. Oh. That rhymes rhymes with Ozempic. Oh. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's one way. You cut out the lectins. He went with that. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i'm so amused at that i don't know why i should have i should have put that on the video only portion of the show <laughs> that would have been because then he wouldn't have heard it but yeah. now he heard it and i'm gonna i'm gonna hear it now you're gonna hear about it so <laughs> sorry maduro dave <laughs> oh he's gonna be full maduro that day he listens to this coming into the shop so i guess uh i guess uh friday oh shit yeah, yeah. no Fr- uh, friday you 719 might- this might be on the way home, so I might hear about it on Saturday. Oh, okay. Because he listens on the way in and then finishes on the way back. Okay, okay. To his house, so it's it's about a nineteen minute trek. Yeah, you, you, yeah. I mean, we're already. Yeah. Oh shit! No, you know what? I might not even hear about it until Tuesday because uh, I'm off Sunday, Monday. <laughs> there you this go. Might work. And by this Tuesday, might he might be over it. Maybe. That's the beautiful thing about dealing with somebody who's in the early onset Alzheimer's <laughs> phase of his life <laughs> is that he forgets shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there you go. Oh, God. Now, um, before the show, I stopped you from asking yeah. about the Connecticut firecracker release. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So you guys announced um, on uh, the after show that uh, the, the new firecracker which we can get into the other fire, the the annual release one at the Fourth of July here after this. But the the this is a line extension to United Cigars and the Firecracker, right? And it's going to be a Connecticut version. Now, my question, my initial thought when I hear this, and I, I I'm prefacing by saying I obviously have not smoked this at all. Um, you said that you have, and so I'm asking you. Um, my initial thought when I saw that was. Huh. When I think of a firecracker, I think of a cigar that's really strong, typically fairly spicy, you know, or not necessarily always, but they, they tend to ramp that up, it feels like. And something that's just got a lot of oomph and kick to it. And I don't really ever typically think of Connecticut when I think of that. So I well, guess my question is, like, is this like a... What I'll just say is this like a watered down firecracker for for people like Dave that maybe don't want that spicy kick in the teeth? 
no, here's here's what this is. So if you think in terms of outside wrapper and thicker outside wrapper. So if we use Perdomo because we're smoking a Perdomo 30th Sun Grown right now. Uh-huh. And I confirm this with Nick Perdomo himself. If you take the Connecticut version, the outside wrapper has unbelievable combustion. So Perdomo Champagne 10th anniversary, the Connecticut from a nicotine standpoint is the highest of the three wrappers. Okay. Because you can use higher primings underneath that Connecticut and the Connecticut shade wrapper will help it burn really, really well. Then you get to the sun grown things can tamper down a little bit. And the sun grown wrapper itself has a little bit of inherent spice. So those of us that tend to smoke stronger cigars, we gravitate toward the sun grown because it has the most spice, but you've never smoked a Perdomo sun grown and had heart palpitations. It's not strong. Yeah. It's flavorful. Mm-hmm. Then you get to the Maduro and it's mild and smooth and sweet because the outside wrapper has been, yeah, <laughs> the outside wrapper has been fermented longer and okay. the sugars have come out and it's sweet. So in the case of the Connecticut firecracker, it is very spicy at the beginning and the spice does tamper down a little bit once you break the first quarter of inch, but it is straight down the middle medium as far as the strength. It is in the category of anybody can smoke it. Someone that likes a mild cigar that wants to have something that's got a little kick to it with their morning coffee, perfect. Or someone like myself, I tend to smoke milder cigars during the end of the day. This is, all right, I got 35 minutes left of the day. I want to smoke something that's got a little bit of flavor to it, like a little kick, but not going to kill me nicotine-wise. Yeah. Because I already smoked all the strong stuff early in the day. Perfect. Okay. No, th- so and, and that makes sense. To say watered down, it's not like when somebody takes a, a 50 ring gauge and they blow it out with some bullshit filler and make it a 60 and they say, okay, this is the fourth size in the line. Yeah. It's not like that at all. It's Connecticut shade. You can taste the Connecticut, but not for that first quarter of an inch. It is all firecracker right at the beginning, and then it sweetens up a little bit and it tampers down a little bit, but the flavor stays consistently good on this version. I smoked six other versions that weren't right. Some were too bitter, some were too... The ones that were too mild were too bitter. You could really taste the Connecticut. Yeah. And it wasn't until this blend that was maybe three-quarters of a standard sun-grown firecracker as far as the the flavor and strength goes. Okay. All right. So it's it's still I, I guess what I'm saying is that the the typical firecracker consumer, it might be a little on the lighter side for for those guys, but it still offers the majority of what they're coming to get. It from does. A it's I, I don't think that somebody that's going after the uh Perdomo firecracker or the Melillo one or the Saka one or the new one that's the JFR lunatic version. Those people that are smoking that and that's their wheelhouse, this would be their breakfast cigar with a cup of coffee. Okay. But it also, it gives a person that likes Connecticut shade and likes milder cigars a chance to gateway into that medium sector and still have a comfortable experience as far as, all right, well, it's a Connecticut. Because I find guys that, say they like mild cigars and they smoke Pernomo 10th anniversary champagne 
And Which I'm like, is sometimes, not, a, <laughs> not a mild. Cigar. Sometimes I smoke it and I smoke strong stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I smoke it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Nick, what the fuck are you putting in this? <laughs> like, my, I feel like my heart's going to beat out of my chest. Yeah. And these guys are smoking that no problem because the outside looks light. So those guys are going to be very happy with this Connecticut. Okay. Okay. Well, like I said, I, I, I was looking forward to, uh, to trying it, I know Oliver and and United are going to be at uh, at TPE. Um, so, uh, and I know that the press release said that this was going to be uh, available at TPE. So I was kind of hoping I might be able to like weasel my way into getting one so I could give it a shot. Yeah, make but, uh, make Oliver make Oliver give you a sample. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Just something different, you know. Um, Make him give you two samples so you can give one to uh, Dan the Man Ponder. I can do that. Maybe he takes it in. I can do that. I can do that. Is he going to be a TPE? Dan, no. No. No? No. No. He's not making the show. Um, I, I'm that gonna... was a tough one for some retailers. Not everybody goes. And also because the I regular was... PCA trade show was in March. I was just about to get into that. Yeah. Is that... That's a tough that's a tough sell getting both trade shows in. I'm I that's partially why I'm going to TPE this year. I I've gone in the past obviously cuz uh it's usually a little easier for me to go because it's during the week instead of over a weekend and Vegas prices. I mean my god man, you know, just off the top of my head for flight and airfare, I'm spending somewhere in the neighborhood of about 750 bucks for TPE. Whereas flight and airfare, I priced it out for PCA because, you know, they opened it up free media, you know, for PC, which that was the other thing. I had to join PCA prior in order to even go to the PCA show. And that's like right. four or five hundred bucks. Um, but uh, I was approved for for PCA this year. And uh, so I did the, the pricing for uh, flights and uh, hotel, you know, for that. That's going to run me like two grand to to do that yikes and so it's kind of one of those things where it's like yeah when i can go to one show for 750 and i can go to another show and it's going to cost me like two grand and it's over a weekend and whatever it's it, it's difficult making both and but can't you just uh do the ultimate broke ass hoe move and just rent a like a caravan type shit and you got the bed in the back and just, just park go to a <laughs> yeah park at a walmart they let everybody park that's true i guess i could I don't know. Uh, I'm not much of a fighter, so if somebody tried to steal my my caravan, that might be might be difficult. But well, it's not your caravan, and it's not your problem at that point. That's true. That's true. Um, but no, so I I I I'm curious as to what the crowd at TPE is going to look like this year. I if I have to guess, uh, just to put it out there, if I have to guess, I would say that this year. Um, the cigar crowd is going to be significantly lower than in years past, retailer wise. Maybe not, maybe not manufacturer wise, but I'm not sure that it's going to matter too much because, uh, in my experience, the players are going to play. So if you're a real player, if you're in the top 10% of the industry, you're going to both because there are specific TPE releases. Yeah. And there well, is a little bit of a gap between the two shows, so you've got to buy product anyways. So you may as well buy it on deal if you can help it. Yeah. And take advantage of those special TPE releases. 
if possible. But I think you just touched on it. You have those top 10% shops. It's the rest of the shops, the guys that, you know, if they go, if they even go to a trade show, you know, are they going to go to one or the other or both? And if they're going to go to one or the other, they probably were already going to PCA to begin with. But putting them so close together now, I, you know, I question it. You got if you're in the B or C store realm, your money is better spent at TPE because you're going to have the same manufacturers. No, you may not have Nick Perdomo and Rocky Patel standing at their booth, but who gives a shit? Yeah. That you're going to you're not going to shake the hands. You're there to do business. So it you your dollar goes a longer way with TPE if you're in the lower tier and if you're in the upper tier, you're better served going to both because the one is so much cheaper to go to than the other. So you go and you can you, you can kind of work out some stuff. And some people are running so such aggressive deals at TPE that maybe you don't even have to buy from them at PCA. And maybe they're not even going because you, you, there are some manufacturers that only do TPE. Oh, really? I haven't paid attention to that. Um, interesting. Well, because it's cheaper, it's cheaper for the manufacturer too. Oh, so if you're especially if you're Joe Schmo, uh, and you got a factory in Costa Rica, yeah, uh, that's family owned, and you're there, and you've got your table set up, you know, your six by nine table, and you're standing behind it with a couple of uh, folding chairs, it's more economical for you to go to TPE and start building your business with B and C stores. Yeah, no, that makes a lot more sense. The little guys, and and they, I will say, TP does a really good job with the little pavilions. Um, I know that that's typically where United is set up, and and uh, All Saints, and there's a handful of other brands that I can't recall off the top of my head. I always see them in those little pavilion areas, and they seem to do really, really well in those. So, um, well, interesting. I don't know. I'll be curious. I'm gonna try to make PCA. That's my goal. Um, you know, so if any, uh, manufacturers want to just brand the hell out of my coverage from PCA and make it, you know, Hey, all of this coverage is brought to you by blah, blah, blah. You know, I'll, you know, two grand will make that happen. You cover my airfare and my hotel and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll whore myself out like a NASCAR driver, man. I'll drive walk around and all your shit all week long. <laughs> Wearing the t-shirt. Exactly. You know, it's like all cap. everything will be branded up. So. Anyway, now you touched on another uh, announcement you guys made recently, which was the uh, the uh, annual firecracker in uh, for in in the summertime comes out usually in June for the July Fourth yeah, holiday. So that was the uh, the lunatic from Agonorsa. Yeah, JFR lunatic. Yeah, it was fucking great. Yeah. So I will typically buy a box of the firecracker, but if it's really good. I get two or three, and that is two leaning toward three. Mm. Leaning toward three. Okay. So it's really good is what you're saying. It's now, really good. It's not a 70, right? No. No, it's a firecracker <laughs> size, three and a half by 50. I just figured, you know, with it being a lunatic, maybe they would go a little little bigger ring gauge. Uh, So there's only a handful of people that decided that they had enough cachet to fuck with the firecracker <laughs> or were enough of a dick to fuck with the firecracker. Uh -huh. So that's Sokka well. for starters. 
putting it in the um, you using the unfinished foot and messing around with the wick and doing that in a different way. So, um, and that kind of made it the wild west. Okay. You know, you do your interpretation of it. Uh, but they, they stuck to, uh, how it should be. Terrence seems like a nice enough guy. He wasn't going to rock the boat and do something wacky like that. No, because he's not, He's not the like Staka is the guy, so he yeah. goes into the factory and says, "Okay, do it like this." Yeah, Terrence answers to a higher power in Eduardo Fernandez, and is he is unbelievable at his job, being a great liaison between the company and the store, and he understands that. And this is going to blow some people's minds: the the rep and the national sales manager doesn't work for the company; they actually work for the cigar store. That's an because interesting a lot, way of looking at it. Especially the rep. The rep gets a commission off what the cigar store buys. Yeah. Not that that's the only reason they come into the store is to sell cigars if they're if they're any good. So they really have to put the cigar store's needs and wants. They've got to be our mentor, if you will. Yeah. And put what we need and what we want at the forefront. And this is something that Terrence is exceedingly good at is looking at the model that we have and not cookie-cutting all the stores that he has under his purview. He looks at Two Guys Smoke Shop as its own entity and says, okay, this is how we're going to approach you. And he did such a good job that Eduardo Fernandez, on a trip up north, had to come see Two Guys Smoke Shop. Hmm. This is a dude that's a a billionaire with a B, and he's on a trip with his grandson in the yacht and they're off doing their thing, seeing the sights. And he says to the captain, yeah, pull over here. Yeah. Two guys smoke shop is a hop, skip and a jump from here. We're going to rent a car. We're going to go visit with Dave to see the operation because Terrence did such a good job of, you know, building that picture mentally of what two guys was. Eduardo had to go see it. And that tells me that he's a good He's not just a good company man, but he's a good liaison between us and the company. For sure. So, yeah, he nailed it with the firecracker. He understood the project. Uh, he understood how to convey what to get, what essence to put in that to make it firecracker, but also lunatic. He nailed it. Okay. I want to know when the uh, Aladino firecracker is coming. If I told you, <laughs> I would. I would have to kill you. I just it it kind of feels like a no brainer, and and every year that goes by, it's somebody you know EPC and now uh, Agonorsa. It's like every time another one gets announced. I can tell you this. Waiting, and I just I can tell I you this. Never see it. There was a bundle of Aladino Corojo Reserve firecrackers that were made. Oh shit! I smoked one. Mm-hmm. And I have the other one that I was given in my humidor never to be smoked. <laughs> All right. So it's on so it's people's percolating. radars. Percolating. It is percolating. The thing is the Corojo tobacco is such a bitch to farm. The margins are so razor thin to hit the right price point on a firecracker, I think. 
this is just me thinking yeah is very difficult gotcha that makes a lot because of sense. every firecracker that gets made is one less robusto that gets made yeah because it's going to be the same tobacco so they're not going to it, it just I think I think that that's what it is. I don't know for a fact. I haven't had the conversation with Husto or Dave. I haven't either. So, you know, but I, I'm just throwing I have, this out. I have pushed for it, and there was some pushback, and that's it. So <laughs> it may happen. It may not happen. It may be us. It may be them. It may be both. I don't know, and I don't – I just don't want to know because I'd be so pissed if it was us. Yeah. So I – I just haven't I haven't asked the question. But you've had one and you have one in your humidor. So you're happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, guess, sensational. I guess that's all that matters here. <laughs> um all right. Well, very cool. Um now, in terms of the mentorship thing, uh the other thing that you and I discussed that we wanted to touch on um is uh the cigar school that you guys are going to be hosting. Yeah, that's going to be a live event on Friday, March 8th from uh, 2024 from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern. So in order to take part in that event, you need to buy one of four kits. And it's not a lot of money. It's it's really so that you have everything you need to be able to do everything we're going to discuss at the event. And I say event because it is an event. This is not... Uh, you bought three cigars, you get one free. This is, it's not that that's a travesty. That's not an event. Yeah. An event is something that has a, the possibility of changing your life, hopefully for the positive. So we've been doing cigar school, Dave and I, for about 10 years. And I'm telling you the most hardcore badass been doing it for 25, 30 years, 40 years, dudes that come in and they know everything leave and they've learned no less than five things from cigar school. And I'm telling you this every Thursday night for eight years and every other Thursday night for the last two years, uh, COVID kind of ruined a lot of people doing the events that we would give these cigar tastings away for. Yeah. So it, it's gone a little bit lower as far as the number that we're doing, but the, you, you, you're thinking right now, well, I already know how to cut a cigar. Maybe you do, but maybe we're going to teach you a way of doing it that's a little better. I know how to light a cigar. Well, you may, but we're going to have you try it our way, and you can go back to doing it wrong the next time you light a cigar. But during the cigar school, you're going to cut it, and you're going to light it the correct way, and then we're going to discuss how that allows you to be able to taste the flavors. You know, you hear heard me say... Uh, a very deep roasted, dark roasted peanut flavor on this Pernomo sun grown. And then paired with the wine, it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on wheat toast. It's kind of specific, but I cut it correctly. I lit it correctly. So I don't have the soot flavor that most, and I mean 75% of cigar smokers have this soot taste in their mouth while they're smoking and after they're smoking. And we're going to teach you how not to have that because the tobacco has been over combusted and we're going to just show you the techniques. It's, there's a couple of little tricks to make it better. So the kits, you get three Garofalo cigars, a Connecticut, a Sun Grown, and a uh, Maduro. 
Okay. You get a double blade cutter. You get a jet flame lighter. Oh, I already have a double blade cutter and a jet flame lighter. Do you have one in your glove box? Because throw that shit in the glove box because there's going to be a time you don't have it. I have two winter coats. I have three spring coats. I have sweatshirts. Every single coat, spring coat, jacket, whatever, has a lighter and a cutter in it because I've collected lighters and cutters over the years. And when I buy boxes of cigars at events and they're giving away lighters and cutters, I take them. Well, yeah. And I just build another kit in my next jacket that didn't have it. So don't look at that as a waste. You're going to get a flavor wheel because sometimes when you're smoking, you don't know what you're tasting. And you can look at it and go, ah, uh, this is earthy. What's in the earthy? Oh, licorice. I'm tasting licorice. So and you're I'll say, get that. as somebody who's been doing the star reviews, the uh, the flavor wheel is very, very handy. It's huge. It's It's a big deal. You know, when you're sitting around just kind of casually having a cigar, that's one thing. But when you're actually concentrating and trying to figure it out, you know, that flavor wheel is such a um, bonerific experience. Uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to do the boner cigar line, by the way? I, I say oh, you a I day, I, that came up at Saturday's show and I was like, holy shit, man, you need to capitalize on this. You could I, I sent you a whole line of different size cigars. That it was great. Use. Yeah, it was great. I was particularly so proud of the 9 by 90 Mandingo. That was very good. Yeah. And the uh, Pedophile's uh, Perfection or something. Oh, was, that was uh, the Corona. The little. Yeah. <laughs> Pedophile's Delight or whatever I called it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pedophile's Perfection's better. There you go. <laughs> so the, the regular kit with the three cigars, the cutter, the lighter, the flavor wheel, and access to the Cigar School, fifty nine ninety nine. You can go to the CigarAuthority.com and there's a banner. You can go to TwoGuysCigars.com and type in Cigar School in the search bar. And all the options will show up. You get the double kit if you want to share it with a friend. You're going to get six of the cigars, two Connecticut, two Sun Grown, two Maduro. One double blade cutter, one jet flame, one uh, flavor wheel. That's $85.99. Then you have the triple kit. So you got two buddies that want to do it. Nine cigars, the lighter, the cutter, the flavor wheel. Access to the link, $99.00. Uh, and then a night out with the guys. So this is 24 cigars total, eight Connecticut, eight sun grown, eight Maduro, four double blade cutters, four jet flame lighters, two big ass ashtrays, eight flavor wheels, access to the live link and free shipping. It's two forty nine ninety nine. You're basically getting a box of cigars and that's what a box of Garofalo's comes out to. Well, and that's what I was just about to say is that even if you're doing it by yourself, you know, why not go for your why balls? Why not go and get for the, the, the big one? Get the free shipping. Get a whole bunch of extra shit, and just have a party of uh, you know party of one if you want. Yeah, you're gonna go through because we're gonna we're gonna smoke all three cigars on the show, and we encourage people to do that. It's not a lot of people get freaked out when you're smoking two or three cigars at the same time because they feel like it's wasteful. The only real way you can experience the difference in wrappers and fillers is by having cigars side by side that are in the same brand family. So you you can notice the similarities and then you can notice the glaring differences. Yeah. How much different a Connecticut wrapper is to a sun-grown wrapper in flavor. You could taste a little bit of the bitter quality to it versus the spice versus the sweet on the Maduro. And we encourage people to go back and forth between all three. And there's some guys that'll do the tastings and they refuse to do all three and they're missing it. 
because there'll be what you know we'll we'll do cigar tastings for eight all the time or sixteen, and there'll be one or two guys that are like, no, I'm saving these cigars for tomorrow. Yeah, I get that you just think of it as a cigar and you're a cheap bastard and this is how. You know, you save the nubs and smoke them in your pipe later because you're a broke ass hoe. I understand that, but <laughs> I don't have a pipe. I don't do that. If you, <laughs> I was speaking in generalities. Okay. Uh, if you, if you really pay attention and you do all three, and even if you're not going to do the cigar school, and even if it's not Garofalo, go get yourself three cigars that have now. Na- go to get Perdomo. And smoke all three at the That's same time. That's what I time. did when I ordered the 30th. I got the 30th Connecticut, the Sun Grown, and the Maduro, just so I could try all three. I've never not smoked all three cigars when we take on a new brand with three different wrappers. I've never not done it because I want to know right now what this puff tastes like in the Sun Grown and what this puff tastes like in the Connecticut and the Maduro. I want to know that rather than try to remember and have to go back. Believe me, you're going to save money doing it this way because I've learned this the hard way. You got to smoke three of each to really get the exact profile, or you could smoke all three at the same time. It's a three cigars or nine cigars. Which which would your budget? And, and what if you don't like it? Yeah. You so you got to go through nine to really get an appreciation for which one you're going to like the most, or buy three and do all three at the same time, and put an hour aside and really pay attention. And you'll find there's one that you want to smoke more of, so smoke it. And we also teach you, by the way, in cigar school, how to relight the other two that you didn't like as much. So let's say you love the Sun Grown and you're going to go to the Connecticut after. We'll teach you how to relight it so it doesn't taste like an ashtray. We're also going to teach you how to mitigate a split in a cigar. We've all had it. You, you think you put it in your mouth and it slips out and drops on the ground and you get a split. Yeah. How do you fix that? There's... There's, there's a, and people can ask questions. You've got questions about your humidors, uh, cigar storage, um, tobacco varieties, whatever the questions you have, you can ask them in between the three of us, Ed Sullivan, myself, and Dave. It's like 78 years of experience in cigar smoking. We've hit almost every question. I, I, I don't get stumped often. Well, there you go. Well, cool. It sounds like a nice experience. And, you know, like I was saying, for for us, if, if it's somebody who, um, you know, is a regular cigar smoker and they know they're going to want the uh, want the cigars after it's all said and done, the, the, the party pack seems like the way to go if you've got the money. But it's nice because you've got the different levels of, of price points so that, you know, if 250 is a little much for the budget these days, they can always go with the uh, the single or the double or the triple. Absolutely. So, well, very cool. And I, you know, I, it's nice to revisit the basics every once in a while. Cause I think we all get kind of complacent and, and used to doing it, you know, quick and getting going with it and everything. And, um, I think back to, there's a video that I think Nick Perdomo put out where it's, uh, how to light a cigar. And, uh, you know, he points out in there that, you know, you're just, you're going to be spending, you know, an hour plus smoking this thing. The whole point of it is to relax and enjoy it. So spend 30 extra seconds to light it properly. And, and, and that's where, and so it's good to be refreshed as to how to do that. Because like I said, I, I've seen so many people, they just take the cigar and they just hit it real quick. And then, you know, they're going, uh, with, and, and, and you, but you notice that those are the people that are having 
burn issues and runs and things Correct. of that nature. And it's like if you did it properly to start with, you wouldn't have that problem. Cigar School is going to save you thousands of dollars over the next 10 years because you're going to do it correctly across the board. And again, the chat box is going to be open so you can ask questions. If you are having an issue with your humidor, if you're local, you can bring me your humidor. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it for you. But if you're not local and you have questions, you can type those questions in. And I mean, at this point I've dealt with every kind of humidor. I can help you get to the bottom of it. Nice. Well, very cool. Well, well, speaking of Perdomo, um, I'm really enjoying this 30th. It's nice, and it, it, you know, it's it's the sun grown, um, so it's got some spice to it. But it is very still smooth, and 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 I mean, I, you can't go wrong with the Perdomo with the draw and construction. But it's just, it's smoking wonderfully. I am really digging this cigar. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I tell customers all the time, I can't promise you're gonna like how it tastes, but I can get through the first two hurdles. It's gonna draw, and it's gonna burn perfect. There you go. Every time. I mean, I've even lit them fucked up on purpose and they correct themselves. And eventually, by the time you get through an inch, the the little boating that I created by only lighting half of it corrects itself and it goes into being perfect. See, that's nice. That's good. You don't even have to worry about it. Nope. Well, why don't we do this now? It's time for the Villager Cigars Entertainment Report. Brought to you by Villiger. Villiger Cigars, one of the leading cigar and cigarello manufacturers in the world, founded in 1888 and still family owned and operated. Head over to VilligerCigars.com and check the store locator to find a shop near you that carries them. We guarantee that Villiger Cigars will be a wonderful addition to your humidor and cigar rotation. Retro Hail is starting to just get to me a little bit. Just a little bit. Um. Anyway, so um, what have you been watching? What you been entertained by lately? What, are you, what are you listening to, reading? I don't, I don't know if you're a TV guy or what, but you know, it's like uh, I started watching Reacher on Amazon. Okay, and I'm in like season two or three. It's friggin' awesome. It's on my it's list. I haven't show. watched that yet. Yeah, if you, I mean, you you have to kind of be into the whole karate thing and. People getting fucked up and uh, Navy SEAL type shit, I'm which okay I'm into. That. Yeah. So uh, it's well written. The storylines are, uh, they do a good job of having enough of a cliffhanger where, all right, I can watch this tomorrow. I don't have to stay up all night and binge. Yeah. But it you're going to watch it tomorrow. Okay. It's not, it's not like earth shattering. If I don't watch the next 15 minutes, I'm going to die. And then they <laughs> stall for 15 minutes at the end of the show. They, they give you the payouts that you're looking for, and it's very good. I, I've started going back through all the episodes of Letter Kenny. Oh, I love Letter Kenny. I'm dating a new chick. She's never seen it. So um, I re-upped on Hulu, and I just said, okay, here's my login credentials. I made her a profile, and we watch Letter Kenny when I'm at her house. I love Letter Kenny. I, I refer to people as what is it ten ply? I think it's ten ply. Uh, you know, all the time. When I being, don't remember that. It's when you're being soft. It's like oh, you're being ten ply. Oh. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. And the and what the dicks? 
the Amish family. Oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Eyes on your own work, super cheap. <laughs> I, just, I love that shit so much. <laughs> There's at least two seasons of that. The late, the the final like two seasons that I haven't watched yet, and uh, and I haven't seen Shorzy, the spinoff show yet either. I've seen a couple of episodes. Very good. My whole thing with that, and I think I've talked about it before, is that I just I love the fact that on Letterkenny you never see Shorzy. And there's just something about the fact that, like, you actually see him in the show. And he's show. Wayne. Yeah, and he's Wayne. And I'm like, ah, it's, just, it's like, son of a bitch. That's not right, you know? Uh, but his chirping is so good. <laughs> no, it is really good. <laughs> I love that show. And I love how he doesn't, when he's making a mother joke, he says, uh, your mum. <laughs> that's so Canadian. Uh, he's not nearly as polite as most Canadians I've met. Well, he's a hockey player, Canadian. Well, that's true, I guess. Um, they're, they're known for their chirping. <laughs> I've been watching, uh, I started watching The Americans. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I'm not familiar with that. It's, uh, it was an FX show, and it's a it's set in the early 80s, so it's set in like Reagan time. Um, and uh, it's about this couple who, they are KGB, undercover KGB agents, that are living in the United States um, as Americans, and so it's they, they've infiltrated and they're doing their little missions, you know, within the United States and uh, trying to. Do you find to... yourself rooting for the Russians, or are you hoping that they fail the whole time? Um, I'm one of those ones that I will get into whoever the 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 protagonist is. In this case, yeah, I'm I'm finding myself rooting for the Russian guys. Um, but then so uh, you're a traitor. You're See, a traitor. Yeah. It's like the Sopranos. You're not supposed to want Tony Soprano to, to get away with whatever criminal bullshit he's doing and everything. But by God, you just He can't... never did anything to anybody that didn't deserve it. But see, you just can't help it. He's can't... also an American. He is an American. That's true. Traitor. <laughs> it's a good show. It's 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 fun. And actually it's been interesting because They'll they'll kind of mix in some some historical stuff. Like there was one episode they did where you know the family's getting ready and for their day and they're getting ready to do stuff and whatever. And uh, uh, all of a sudden the TV news is on and Reagan was shot. And it was it, the whole day of them scrambling trying to figure out what's going on on the KGB side inside the United States while at the same time trying to trying to determine what do the Americans know? Are they trying to blame us for this and you know. Oh, and no, no internet back then, so it's not like you'd send it, uh, an encrypted email over a VPN. Right. There was phones, and they could all be tapped at any time. Uh huh. Uh huh. You got to talk in code. Crazy. It's a fun show. I, I'm digging it actually, and uh, so I, yeah, I've been watching that, and then I don't know if I've watched anything else. It's it's I've been busy, um, but. Uh, that and then I did see a new podcast is getting ready to drop that I'm interested in. It's called The Raven, and it's a true life, uh, true crime podcast. And they're digging into um, the uh, the double uh, homicide that that Ray Lewis, the Baltimore Raven player, was suspected of uh, of committing. And so I'm interested in that because I think Ray Lewis got away with murder, but that's just me saying that. I listened to uh, 
I'm like most of the way through the Ron White episode of Rogan, but I'm, I only listen, I listen a little bit when all my days off, but I mostly listen at night when I'm in the sauna. I have a little uh, stand for my iPhone and there's a window in the sauna. So I wipe the window with my t-shirt <laughs> and I watch the interviews. Uh, and I love when Rogan interviews comedians and they start talking shop of the behind the scenes stuff that's going on in the green room and yeah. the workouts they're doing and, and the protect I love the protect your park our parks episodes you know the the guys will be in there there'll be four guys in there tripping balls on mushrooms <laughs> it's a four hour episode for no fucking reason but I end up laughing it just it's a it's great he puts out a great product you know he does I mean and I will say he dives into his interviews he doesn't care about length of episode you know so if it's a three hour episode it's a three hour episode who cares um, and he brings on a ton of people. So, you know, there's, there's always something for somebody on that show. Um, did you see the Shay Shay episode, uh, with Cat Williams? Is that that three hour long interview that everybody's been talking about? Oh yeah. I haven't, I've seen, I bit, I've that. seen little bits, but I haven't watched the whole thing. Oh my God. You will never look at a comedy where a dude wears a dress the same way ever again as long as you live i've heard that part of it where he's talking about how basically that's the like the the hazing it's like for the lack of a better litmus, term yeah the litmus test yeah. for whether or not you're going to be a uh, a real player or not which and that, that the number is 200 million that fascinates put on the dress. me that fascinates me because i i heard that and i started thinking back to various I mean, because he's talking about black comedians, I'm very, I was thinking back to various ones that I'd seen. And, you know, um, like Terry Crews, he did that one, uh, what, white, uh, was it White Girls he was in? He was. Either White Girls or Two Wong Fu. Something, yeah. I mean, like yeah. all these these prominent black comedians and actors that, you know, have done the, the drag thing. And it's just, it's interesting. When he puts it out there and actually says it, it's like, I'll be damned. I never put two and two together on that. And I love that the, so he goes into how he owns his own shows, which is a big deal in Hollywood because most, most comedians at the start of their career, their show is owned by someone else. They're just performing. They don't own the distribution rights. They don't make money on the back end. They make their salary because they're hired help. Yeah. And this is all comedians, not black comedians. This is all comedians. And when they get to a certain point in their life, if they are careful with their money, they accrue enough wealth that they can start to do their own promotion. And that's when they've made it. Like Jerry Seinfeld, if he does a stand up comedian tour, he owns the rights to everything. Yeah. Bill Burr owns the rights to it. Someone like Tony V, for example, who opened for Bill Burr at Fenway, Tony V works for a paycheck. It's a different, I it's see. a different animal. Yeah. And I'm um, listen. Tony V does well for himself. I'm not saying anything like negative about yeah. him, but He's just he not doesn't that. own the distribution rights for the getting the thing out there. He's got a comedy special that may or may not ever see Netflix or any of the streaming services because he's shopping it around and can't get somebody to do the production on it. So 
maybe I'm speaking out of school. I'll get yelled at later, but uh, (laughs) just as an example. So in Cat Williams' case, he not only owns the distribution rights for his stand-up comedy specials, but he also way overpays for the up-and-coming guys so that if they do a couple of tours with him, they end up with enough money to be able to actually do some shit with their careers. But so few of the people in the media covered that part. Like you see, you don't see that part on Facebook. You see the part where he's shitting on Kevin Hart for wearing a dress. And listen, Kevin Hart wore the dress. I was saying it seems to have worked out for Kevin Hart. If you're just looking at dollars and cents, unless Kevin Hart doesn't own his own distribution, in which case he's still working for the man. Well, yeah. And that that's kind of the thing that Cat Williams is saying is, all right, you're looking at somebody and they look famous, but ludicrous the the example he uses is ludicrous who got 200 million according to cat williams and uh fast and the furious is on like number eight right now he was guaranteed two two 200 million and it's uh 20 million a, a movie okay so it's got to be 10 movies that yeah. it, that he's guaranteed to be paid on yeah uh, Ludacris doesn't release rap albums anymore. Yeah. He really just acts on Fast and the Furious. Interesting. Well, I mean, there's a number of musicians that uh, have pivoted. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, Ice Cube comes to mind. It's like, you know, he was obviously a, uh, you know, a rapper and everything. And he, I mean, shit, the only time you see him is when he's acting in something these days. Well, also... I don't think that Ice Cube wrote his own lyrics. I think Easy E wrote everybody's stuff, Ah. and then he died, and then you don't see you had to pivot anybody come out because even if you watch interviews with Dr. Dre and Eminem, they all they both allude to the fact that Eminem and Snoop Dogg wrote Dr. Dre's bars for his albums. Uh, Jay Z did as well. You can look on the the CDs and see the writing credits. Because Dre was a producer. He was making beats and being a DJ and being into that side of things, doing the production. You know, what are your levels like? The vocals need to be higher, lower, add some bass, whatever. Not so much writing lyrics. Whereas Eminem, unbelievable lyricist and can write in Dre's style, can write in Snoop style, can yeah. write in his own style. Interesting. Yeah, I need to check out that Cat Williams interview. Um, you're the second person I know that's brought that up. That It's the best three hours that you can spend when you have no... I mean, you're going to be flying a TPE. Fucking listen to it on the flight. I was going to say either that or... I mean, shit, I've got my driving days, and I've already listened to your show from Saturday, obviously, because I'm talking about it. So, you know, I'm caught up there. So I, I have plenty of road time ahead of me that I can... I mean, is that... Is that where, where is that one available? Where is that, that episode... Uh, I watched it on YouTube. Okay. All right. Because I wanted to see, I'm not so much interested in the stories because you can tell stories, but I wanted to see his facial expressions. So when Cat Williams was talking, I I didn't get a lot done while I was listening to it. I mostly watched it. Yeah. But I wanted to see if he was showing any signs of this is a fabrication. Does he not believe it? Because he was saying some outlandish shit. So there were a couple of times when I stopped what I was doing and went over and watched it on the phone to see his face. 
I didn't see any signs of fabrication. He wasn't shifting in his seat. I think that he what whatever he was saying, he believed. He just decided at that That's, day he was going to throw down a truth bomb. Maybe. I, I, and I'm not saying that what he said was true. His truth bomb. I'm just saying bomb. it's what he yeah. believes. Yeah. Right. Interesting. So I, I, there's no way of knowing whether or not it's completely accurate, but he was, he believed what he was saying. Hmm. I did. I also thought it was interesting in that I that he brought up Chappelle, and basically was that you know told said that Dave Chappelle refused to do the dress, and then after that Chappelle just kind of disappeared. Because I remember when Chappelle disappeared, you know, he had his show on Comedy Central and everything else, and he just kind of was like done, you know. And I've watched for every interview that he's done and every comedy special that he's done since then. And he's talked about it many times where he said the whoever he was talking to said to him, you're going to leave this office. And by the time you get home, you're going to be crazy. And by the time he got home, the news cycle was Dave Chappelle went insane and turned down the, the, the third season yeah. and all that shit. And then he goes to Africa and Chappelle's talked about it many, many times and wasn't crazy, had to get away because of all the bullshit that was in the news and everything. Yeah. But man, did he, he he's an actual talent. So it doesn't have to be working for somebody else. He can own his own, he has a comedy club in his town. Yeah. Like, and same as Rogan, like Rogan has fuck you money. So he opens his own comedy club and does it right. And comedians are coming in and he's also, he could make more money booking guys like Chappelle, but he's got, uh, Brandon Schaub and, um, who's the other kid? Uh, Shane Gillis. He's got these kind of middle tier, guys that are about ready to break yeah, out the up-and-comers Ari Shafir and he's pushing them at his club and he's getting them to work out and I mean I believe that Dave Chappelle I believe Bill Burr I believe Joe Rogan I believe these are honest good dudes that are looking out for the people that have looked out for them or in the way that people looked out for them and they're using their fuck you money to the advantage of the people that are around him and being the rising tide to raise the ships. And that this is the reason why I work for Dave. It's the reason why I'm on a podcast with Dave, because this is his mindset. His grandson can't spend the dollar that we're going to make tomorrow, but he is looking out for us as a crew and making sure we have all of the tools that we need to be successful. Listen, I was able to get a divorce give my ex-wife everything <laughs> been and there. start over yeah. and buy a house. I'm not rich, but I make a very good living selling cigars. And I give him, I give him my most honest day's work and he gives me my most honest day's pay for what I'm doing. And when I fuck up, I hear about it. And when I'm doing good, I hear about it. And we try to have more days where we're doing good than we're fucking up. But his mindset isn't, you fucked up, let me drill you. His mindset really is, all right, this got fucked up. What can we do to make sure this never happens again? Again, it's the mindset of being the rising tide to raise the ships, not 
well, I'm up here, you're down here. Yeah. Let me shit on you because you're, you know, down line and you got to take the shit. I wouldn't be still working for him. No, I get that. Because That's again, fair. I have my own set of skills. I can talk on a microphone. I can have a podcast. I can be on people's podcasts. I can be entertaining. You know, I've got a list of skills that I can do. Why do I use my skills with David Garofalo is because he is the rising tide and he's the fearless leader that we can look to and say, okay, no, he's not perfect, but his heart is so in the right place. He's always looking in the right direction and he's always looking out for everybody. Which, so which that's is, the, yeah, which is exactly that's the guy I want to work needs. for. No, that's that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, why don't we now My hats off to you be being an entrepreneur. You own your own business. You are the guy. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you've got to sell the ads. You've got to go to print. You've got to make sure the stories are right. You've got to do the layout. Like the, the amount of balls Shit. that that takes. I drive an hour and a half to my printer, just to my printer to pick up and then drive all over the place to deliver. I mean, yeah, it it, it, it it's funny when you get into something and you don't realize, oh, you think you're going to put on one hat. And then next thing you know, you've got eight hats and... You know, you got to do everything because if you don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. And when I'm and when I'm hiring people, my concept is uh, I I came up with this a while ago. It's like I I don't hire uh, individual people. I hire Swiss Army knives because I don't need a photographer, for example. I need somebody that can take a picture. I need somebody that can write a story. I need somebody that can do an interview. I need somebody that can do all kinds of different things, not just. Oh, I only write. I don't I don't know how to take a good picture. Oh, I only take pictures. I don't write anything. That doesn't help me. I need somebody that can do everything. Yeah, it's no interest. Yeah. Not so, interested. Because I have people all the time. It's like, oh, I know how to. I, everybody's a fucking photographer these days. I mean, you know, you go to Best Buy and you buy a fucking Nikon. And next thing you know, you, you, you can do, you know, portraits and this and that and whatever. And it's like, everybody's a fucking photographer these days. It's so Dude, annoying. If you have a fucking iPhone 11 or better. Exactly. You have the best camera in your pocket. And listen, some of the Samsung stuff too. Really. Uh, I just took a course online called, it was the iPhone photography school. Yeah. I saw it on Facebook. It was $59, whatever. But the guy gives you the mindset of how to frame the picture and shows you the different techniques on your iPhone to take pictures that could be on display in an art show. Yep. And then there are courses within that to use the alter the settings in the iPhone to make the picture even better. I got told today by a customer that follows me on Facebook, you take the best pictures. Your suits are so unbelievable. And it's because, yeah, I got a good holder. And I know how to do the time setting, so I give myself 10 seconds and I make a good pose and the lighting is correct. But then all the post-production on the picture is everything. Oh, totally. I mean, your lighting and color and everything. Yeah. Nope. No, I get it. Well, let's go to video only so that I can key up a button here. Uh, So if you're listening to the audio, we'll be right back and uh, you're going to miss some stuff. So if you want to check out what we say, head on over to the YouTube and find out... uh, what kind of wacky shit we talk about when we're video only. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back on the audio. <laughs> you guys. That was wet. That was a that lot. That was wet. <laughs> you guys need to check that out. Well, you just, you had that teed up and ready, man. You were just like, I want to touch on this real quick. <laughs> 
Or... That's where I'm at. Where I'm at in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I'd like to say I'm Good. not proud of it, but I but I am. Oh proud no, of it. no, be proud of it. Be be proud of that. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, why don't we do this now? Guess what, motherfucker? It's time for three cigars we smoked and enjoyed this week. So uh, I'm putting you on the spot. I'm asking you some uh, some cigars that you smoked and dug this past. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be this past week, but you know, if you well, uh, you know, I smoke six to eight a day, no, so I, I, get I can. It. You you should I be able to should be able to do this. So so the cigar that's featured in the cigar school is the Garofalo Robusto. I tend to smoke Toros in that, the Epicure. Uh, I like the transition from the filler tobacco. This is another thing we'll cover in Cigar School, but I'll give you a little uh, heads up on it. Robustos are called Robustos because at the five-inch mark on cigars are the tips of the tobacco. Okay. And the tips have the most flavor and the most strength. So a Robusto, especially on a stronger cigar, the Robusto, right when you light it up, is as strong as it's going to be for the entire cigar. But a, an Epicure or a Toro, you have an inch of filler you're going to burn through. So you'll, you'll get the spice from the wrapper, and it's it's like a little party in your mouth, and the flavors are all happening. And then at the five-inch mark, fucking boom, it explodes with flavor, and it gets to the strength point, and you're like, Jesus, I don't, I'm not sure I can handle this. And within... Uh, an eighth of an inch it starts to subside and you're like all right i got it this is fine yeah so i've been really enjoying the garofalo epicure sun grown okay uh it's epicure because it's made by pernomo and his toro size is called epicure so garofalo it's epicure i actually had one of those myself not too terribly long ago um but that's not one of my three because i think i did that in a previous uh uh three cigars i smoked and enjoyed this week um, so my first one is actually going to be uh, the Red Anchor Admiral. I smoked one of those uh, on the uh, on the podcast, and I don't smoke the Red Anchor on the on the regular just because um, there's like one shop in town that carries it, and uh, I don't typically make it by there too often. Um, I smoked a handful of them while I was up in your area uh, for the anniversary party. Well, twenty two, I guess now. I was going to say last Such a year, great but, uh, cigar. Yeah, I dug it. Made by the uh, the Kellners in the um, Kellner Boutique Factory, uh, KBF. And let's just say that the Kellner family sells their tobacco to a very prominent cigar company that has most of their SKUs have a white label. Gee, I wonder who that could be. Anyway, so uh, and also owned a factory called Tabadom that uh, created all of the Davidoff brands. Am I connecting enough dots? I, I, I've got the dots, but I think everybody else has, too. So so what's your next one there? Uh, I am enjoying the shit out of this tiny little cigar. In fact, for the people that are watching, I happen to have a box right here. Because I, I wasn't sure how long we are going to be on the show. But HVC Hotcake, the Half Corona. It's a 20, 25-minute cigar. And you will not believe how strong it is. 
for how small it is. Hmm. So typically when you get down to a 40 ring gauge, which this is, you don't have enough combustible material to burn through the Lajero and get it to burn properly. Yeah. So what I think they're doing is I think it's a slightly mixed fill cigar and they're using smaller pieces of Lajero that have been well-aged because it's strong as fuck <laughs> and it burns. It burns well. You get a great combustion line and it is 20, 25 minutes. So I keep this box. Typically, I pulled it out of my car. I keep it in my car because I do a lot of 20, 25 minute drives to plate like the girl is uh, that may or may not have been mentioned during the uh, video only portion. Possibly. She lives 25 minutes away. So that's a perfect cigar to, dr to drive to her house and then in the morning drive back and uh, then shower off, um, you know, when I get here. Gotcha. But it's an unbelievable cigar for those short rides or short projects or you're looking to take a quick break and you don't, you don't want to freeze your balls off. Man, you feel like you smoked a whole cigar, but it's 20, 25 minutes. Okay. Uh, for that five would, bucks. That that's a good deal. Uh, that was one that uh, when Ed Sullivan was on, he wanted to. He had originally thrown that one out, but he said that uh, he didn't want to do the half Corona size because it was just too short, you know, for the podcast. So we ended up doing the. Uh, um, I feel like it was the regular Corona of that. I don't know. I've got another one. He likes the, the Corona Gorda. That was it. That was the one In that we cakes, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he said that he's been liking that half Corona though, too. So yeah, he buys them by the box like every other week. Very cool. Um, so my next one is one that I smoked also on a show, uh, that I really, really enjoyed. And that was the, uh, Belichi Boulevard from, uh, West Tampa tobacco. Really solid. I am not the biggest fan of the 60 ring gauge, but I understand that that's, you know, how it comes. But, uh. It, dude, it was it was a smokestack, man. It just kicked off a ton of smoke, a lot of good flavor to it. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, very Nicaraguan forward. Yeah, it uh, it it packs a little bit of a punch too, which you don't see on sixty ring gauges. A lot of times they have to play games with the filler, where they've got to by uh, gram weight, they've got to reduce the ratio of Lajero because. They're, they're using primings that aren't used in regular blends. So maybe it's a priming that's too high. It, you know, some companies will split a plant into nine primings. Yeah. So their regular, their regular line will do seventh and eighth primings for Lajero. And the ninth priming is too small for uh, regular production, but they can use it in a 60 ring gauge because maybe those pieces are five inches long or whatever. So they can stack that in uh, or they use bits and pieces of it very very good the flavors there i like that cigar a lot oh i dug it a lot so what's your last one all right so not because we announced it as cigar of the year i was already smoking one or two a day before the cigar of the year announcement <laughs> but now that it's been announced as cigar of the year and i'm standing there next to the display uh they're out featured so i end up grabbing it again so i'm smoking like three mccallif black toros a day holy shit yeah okay and it hasn't altered my consumption of my aladino corojo reserves at all well i'm but, sure the fine folks at aladino are glad to hear that yeah i'm not we're not their kids will be able to get through college That's so wait no so problem. wait 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 
wait, let's back up. So, so if smoking the McAuliffe Black has not impacted your ability to smoke as many Corojo Reservas as you normally did, is that evidence, perhaps, that smoking marijuana does not take away from somebody's cigar smoking habits? That is the worst segue in a podcast ever. I don't smoke marijuana. <laughs> I'm not saying that you do. I'm bringing this up because this has obviously been a, a topic of discussion on your show for the last two weeks after Dave brought that up. And I just and I don't smoke marijuana either. So, you know, it's not like it's eating into my budget. But, uh, you know, I just uh, I didn't know if uh, no, but if that's I maybe smoke, what we're where the correlation, you know, I smoke six to eight cigars a day. So if I'm having a very busy day where I have a lot of stuff that I have to do, it goes down to six. If it's a slower day where I'm kind of caught up on all my paperwork and all my maintenance on the building and all that, everything's done, then I'm standing on the sales floor longer and it's closer to eight. Uh, today's probably going to be 10 because I got your podcast and then the barbecue central podcast right after. I guess so, my point though is, you know, it's not like you're smoking less of the Aladinos because you're smoking more of the McAuliffe's. No, because I, I like the Aladino. So that's often my first cigar and it's often my last cigar. And then sometimes it's my middle cigar. So it's two or three of those a day. And then McAuliffe black, goes in there as two or three as well. And then I have some others like the HVC. I can rip through two of those. That counts as one cigar. It's a half Corona or the JFR lunatic. That'll be one Rojas. So to my point, if somebody, if somebody did like both cigars and marijuana, it's not that, you know, one would be eating into the budget of the other (laughs) as much as they would just be, you know, putting it no because you you have your tolerance for your budget (laughs) on marijuana the same as you have your tolerance for your budget on cigars precisely and they're two separate budgets you and i are speaking the same we're saying the same thing my budget (laughs) on marijuana is exactly zero so i'm not again i'm not saying that you're smoking i'm just i'm speaking in generalities here based off the conversation of the show for the last two weeks on uh you know I don't. I, I guess my point. I don't. I don't. I'm in the camp that I don't think the marijuana consumption is eating into the cigar smoking consumption. Mar- marijuana consumption, with how powerful marijuana is nowadays, and how you can go to the store and you can buy the exact strain that you want, and get the flavor profile you want, and get the THC level that you want. The THC level for a person is like two or three puffs, and you're good. Well, and I mean, my God, you know, I again, I don't smoke it, but I know people who do. That shit's not cheap, so they're not sitting around just burning through it like rapidly. Yeah, I mean, there's it's they're, not a cigar where you're sitting there smoking a joint for an hour. You're smoking a joint for five minutes. Yeah. Now, what do we do with the next hour? Let's light up the cigar precisely and smoke it for five less minutes. <laughs> so it might eat into. And that's, time not money it might need the time but that's the thing about dave is because he's old and his <laughs> perception of marijuana smokers are they're all potheads and i had to remind him one of his attorneys is a pothead <laughs> 
And I'm telling you, this dude spends nine grand a year on cigars, maybe a thousand a year on marijuana because he can go to the dispensary and get it. And it's two or three puffs before he goes to bed and he sleeps like a baby. And see, and I guess just to 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 from Dave's perspective, what you just said is that means he could be spending 10 grand a year on cigars and not nine. But would he? And my argument is on the years where there's an additional limited release of something that he wants, he spends 10. And on years where there's not extra limited editions, he spends eight. Yeah. He's making, he spends what he wants to spend on cigars. Precisely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and if, and if I'm being a good (laughs) mentor in the cigar world, I'll say to him, Nikki, how are you on brand X, Y, Z? Because it's been six months since you bought a box. He came in to get the special blah, 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 like Alfonso Dark. He got a box of those. How are you on Brand X? Oh, shit. You know what? I need a box of those. Okay, so that year, they're both $1,000 boxes. Yeah. That year, he hits 10 because I thought to say, you haven't bought a box of those in six months. I know how many cigars he smokes. <laughs> he, he's going to get home and be like, shit. I have to go back next week. I forgot. Or, or I can say to him now, just get it. There you go. Okay. Well, now that I've, you know, sufficiently poked the, the marijuana bear, uh, my last one is, uh, I smoked the, uh, the JC Newman American, but I smoked it in the Toro size. Uh, Ken Clarich down at Ash and Ale, uh, sent me a nice little care package just randomly at Christmas time. And uh, he included a couple of uh, the the uh, American Toros that last I knew were only available at the factory uh, in Tampa there. And so um, I had one of those. No, you can get them at uh, your finer. The Toro size now? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's well, that's good to know because uh, I know when I took the tour. Oh, shit. When was that? It was 2020. It was right before they started the public tours. Um, yeah, four years ago, it was maybe Diamond Crown Lounge uh, only or factory only. It but, was Rebo- yeah, Everybody could get the Robustos, but the Toros were only available at the factory. But I guess now no, everybody I've, can get Toro. Okay, well, that's I, good to know. Yeah, I just sold a box of Toros, so I know for a fact that we had them. All right, well. No, maybe two guys, maybe I'm speaking out of school and two guys smoke shops, the only one who got them. might be special. I don't know, but <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, that's not how J.C. Newman rolls. A lot of their special sizes end up available at the uh, Diamond Crown lounges. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I smoked and enjoyed that, so that was my last That's a great one. cigar. I like it. I don't smoke it on the regular because, I mean, I don't really see them around, too, uh, obviously, too much, but, you know... Um... I still have. So I visit my sister once a year. She lives in um, Largo, which is just outside of Tampa, uh, Ybor City area. Mm-hmm. And I will text Bobby and Eric Newman and say, I'm in your town. What do you got for time? And the last few times, uh, Bobby has been in D.C. fighting for our rights and pushing for lower uh, import rates and all that for cigars uh separation of premium cigars from other tobacco products and all that with drew so he hasn't been available but eric the older brother is available and he makes appointments very oddly (laughs) okay 
he has said to me, I'm available from 11.10 to 12.10. On the, on the 10? On the 10. Okay. And I'll say, okay, I will see you there. And I get there early and I sit in the, the little lounge they have outside. Yep. And the secretary calls up and she says, Eric will be right down. And at 11.10, the door opens and Eric sees me in and we go on a little tour and we smoke cigars and we shoot the shit. And at 12.10, I'm standing outside on the stoop and I'm on my way. And he says, thank you and have a good day. I mean, to the minute. And I'm very appreciative because this dude's way busier than I am and I'm on vacation and I'm just coming by to shoot the shit and have a cigar. And he is not willing to waste his day on my stupid ass. So he's just like, (laughs) I have one hour and this is what I have. And that's it. Well, man, that makes me feel really thankful for uh, when I was down there and took that tour. We uh, sat and and had an interview with uh, Eric and Bobby. And I mean, as you've been on my show enough that you know that uh, I don't necessarily, you know, stick to a strict clock it's kind of one of those it is what it is kind of things and uh i'm trying to think how long i held him there and if he had to get up and go i don't think he rushed out of the room immediately so um he must have blocked off plenty of time for us i guess sure so or or maybe maybe he hates me i mean everybody else does so why why shouldn't he yeah maybe i don't know we in all fairness we were down there in december so you know maybe it's a slow time i don't know could be so I got a story about Bobby. We had gone down two years in a row. This was before the Diamond Crown Experience tours that they started doing. So we went down in 2011 and then 2012. So 2011, we go down and it's the tour and we go out to Burn Steakhouse. Okay. Have you ever been to Burn Steakhouse? I have not. So Burn Steakhouse, while you're waiting for your table, you go on a tour of this steakhouse and they show you the dry aging process and the wine cellar and they, everything you could possibly know about dry aging beef. It's an education when you go in, Okay. then they show you to your table, you eat and then they bring you up to another level of the, the restaurant to the dessert room. And everybody says, order the smallest steak you can and don't kill yourself on appetizers because the dessert room is coming and I'm a skinny guy and I'm like, all right, I, I don't really care that much about the dessert room, but whatever. Yeah. So we go up and I'm like, I'm not getting dessert. And they shame me into getting dessert and I get like three bites in and I can't eat another bite. I'm stuffed because I got the bigger steak. Yeah. The next year we go and I'm like, all right, they rode me so hard. I'm going with a smaller steak. I'm not eating appetizers. I'm just going to do it right. So I go with there, I got plenty of appetite and I get the dessert and I eat the dessert and I go, huh? Look guys, this year I ate the dessert and Bobby without missing a beat goes, yeah, well, I guess that go, there goes the theory about you being a pussy (laughs) and like, you know him. So you know how straight laced he is. So for him to be like that level of scamp, the whole room, like the table behind <laughs> us that was just eavesdropping, they were laughing. <laughs> and he got me good. Nice. Nice. That's good. I, you know, that that that's a bit. I 
that's surprising to hear about Bobby, but I like that. That's fun. I I do like that. Um, I have a, I, I have a Drew Newman story, but I'll wait and save that off off air uh, if All we right. have a minute. But uh, um, now uh, I need to talk about my monthly cigars uh, for a moment. It's a uh, premium cigar subscription service. You get a box of cigars sent to your door every month. I get the Robusto box, four cigars for $30. He has another one that's uh, eight cigars for $50, two of everything in the Robusto box. And if you use offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T, gets you free shipping on the first box. And while you're over there at My Monthly Cigars, you can check out the fucking good coffee. He's got the uh, Daily Press, which is the, uh, the Pulpit blend, and he's got the Lounge Coffee and a whole bunch of other great coffee blends over there available for you and he's got some sort of promotion thing going on he's got some secret thing that he's unveiling puzzle pieces for so uh you know get in on the fun there and figure out what he what he's got going on over there at mymonthlycigars.com so um in terms of socials i'm wrapping this up because i know you've got other stuff to do um in terms of the socials I'm available on Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit. I'm on Facebook where we have the Pulpit Parishioners group, and you can get in on the fun there. Twitter slash X where I don't really do a whole lot. Um, I know I need to at some point. And then you can watch this on YouTube. And you that's... say that every week. Just fucking do something on X. Dude, I, it's one more thing. That's the problem. It's, and I have a, it, li- I have a list. It's a total of, of eight seconds. I have a day. list. You spend less you spend more time minutes. cleaning yourself up after jerking off. Just take a shower like the rest of us and post <laughs> something on X. Uh, how do you you don't know my cleanup routine? I could be I think I just I nailed it. I can tell by the look of your be face. You're sitting here filthy for all you know. <laughs> anyway. Oh god. And then where can people follow you? Uh, I am available on X as well, Mr. Jonathan DJ. I'm available on Facebook, uh, Jonathan, Mr. J Barbo, B-A-R-B-E-A-U. And I'm on the MeWees as Mr. Jonathan. Okay. I also have a website, Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com. But if you listen to this podcast, you're probably not interested in hiring me. So maybe there might be some local people your way that listen. There could be possibly, you never know. Shout out to Sean Beaudry, who is in the parishioners group and is oh, probably yeah. the best ball busting motherfucker <laughs> that I've ever met in my life. Yeah. He, and he, he breaks my balls as hard in person as he does on the socials. And he always laughs about it. I know he's kidding. I think I pretend that he's just kidding. <laughs> he's hit me and, a couple times. I, I know <laughs> it, it's all good. There you go. Uh, well, final thoughts on the uh, Perdomo 30th sun grown. I, I'm a big fan. I want another one that I can actually like sit and fully concentrate on. Um, so I'll that's because to... you fucked up. You got the Toro size, the Epicure. You really got to go Churchill because then now I still have enough cigar to enjoy after the podcast. You do. You do. I did fuck up. I think maybe that's what it was. Maybe I was going to order the Churchill's, but the Churchill size of the sun grown was out. And that's why I went, I don't remember. I, I could have swore I went with the, uh, Typically, Churchill, Robustos but... and Epicures sell out fastest, but we may have just got a, a shipment in on the Sun Grown. Mm-hmm. It's the only time I've ever seen that during an event, we placed our second order because it sold so fast. That's awesome. Oh, I can believe it, you know. Um, well, hell, Dave said this was the what highest selling cigar in two guys' the biggest history. Launch, biggest yeah, launch. Biggest launch in two guys' history. Yeah, I mean... 
I can believe it. I can believe it. So, well, I want to thank you for taking time out. I know you've got another podcast to do. So. Yeah, ch- check out the recording of the Barbecue Central podcast. Uh, also, you can find me on The Cigar Authority every Saturday from noon to two. The after show launches as a podcast on Wednesdays, uh, typically out by nine in the morning. Uh, so follow us on all the socials and uh, subscribe. There you go. YouTube, Podbean, any podcast catcher. There you go. Well, as always, it's been a pleasure, sir. Thank you very much. Well, guys, it's been another Stick sermon. Stick the lid end in your mouth. You might like it. <laughs> it's been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. And that's and I'm Mr. Jonathan. Everybody stay safe and stay smoking. Stay safe, Mark. Are we allowed uh, to talk during this time? Yeah, I mean, so that that started up during COVID, and I just kind of kept it. It's, it's lame. It's my be It's my it's my my uh, uh, Jerry Springer. You know, be good to everybody. Be good to each other. You know that kind of thing. I mean, why don't you just do that? Because Jerry Springer did that. I mean, I guess stay do, safe. I mean, be original. Come up with something else besides be safe. Well, like, what are we worried about that people are doing? Dude, you know my listeners. I mean, they could be doing all kinds of wacky shit. Do you think that they're going to not do the wacky shit because you said be safe? Because if you think they might that they're still going to be wild and crazy, you need to pick a different one. They might at least think for a half a second before they set off the fireworks. I think you should Maybe. say something like, I'm a boner. Stay smoky. <laughs> Or this podcast was bonerific. It was bonerific. You're really high on the bonerific (laughs) thing. You're really pushing that. You really need to do the boner cigars. Because it it pisses Dave off. I get it. I get it. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you.